Uh, welcome to the 80s and 90s Uncensored, the podcast about the 80s and 90s for people who care about that kind of crap. I am Milo Dennison. And I'm Jamie Fenderson. And today we're talking about the Falklands War. Which, oddly enough, started 30 years ago this month. Well, yeah. Well, was it 40 years ago? 40 years ago? 40 years ago, man. 82. Fucking A. God, I hate when things make me feel old. I know you you were wishful thinking in your head. You're thinking it was just 30 years ago. Oh. If it were like 30 years ago, we'd be talking about like the first like first Gulf, Gulf War. War. Yeah. But no, this was 40 years ago, bro. We were just little kids, remember? I mean, maybe you don't, but I don't remember anything about it because I was just a little kid, but I know about it now. Uh, yeah. so I guess let's start with a little bit of the history of what led up to this uh, for people who don't know. Because to be honest, not a lot of people know about the Falklands War or, you know, they might have heard of it. But the reality mm-hmm. is it's not all that well known, especially in the U.S. You know about it here in the U.K. because it's relevant to them because they were involved. But in the U.S., I didn't really learn anything about it. I never learned about it in school. That's for sure. Yeah, it's not a really big deal in the U.S. Um, I think maybe because we were trying to be more like peacekeepers um, like trying to make sides kind of calm down because they were both our buddies. It's kind of like you got your buddy over here and your buddy over there and they're getting into a big fight. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, you're both my friends. Can you just kind of chill out? Yeah. <laughs> That's how it was for, for the U.S. The Falkland Islands, also referred to as Las Malvinas, are about 300 miles east of Argentina and over the, they basically were first discovered in the 1500s. Seabald uh, Vanderbilt is the fir- in the 1600s is the first undisputed sighting, but there's also a word that it was sighted in 1592. We're not going to go that far back. The first landing was by a guy named John Strong, who was from the UK. And the first settlement happened in 1764 and 1765. And that was basically the British. And what happened was, is up until then, it kind of bounced back and forth between the British and the Spanish, who yeah, were the French were there too. French for a while, exactly. So it just yeah, kind of bounced it was bouncing around. around. Uh, when the Spanish get here, when basically Argentina seceded from Spain, they more or less said, hey, included in that are the Falkland Islands, right? They're close to our territory. We should get them. But of course, the British were like, well, people living on the island are British citizens, and they say they want to stay British citizens, so we're keeping them as British citizens, right? Mm -hmm. Well, back and forth, bitching and complaining for the longest time, uh, the British held the island. Uh, It was even kind of involved a little bit in the wars. Uh, During the wars, they kind of used it as a stop. Uh, Whaling ships during during the whaling area would stop there when going around South America. Uh, I read an article or a story once that in during World War I, the Germans even attempted to capture the island at one point. So that was kind of interesting. Now it's mostly just sheep farming, uh, but there is a military garrison there. Anyway, this leads up to 1964, where they get the United Nations involved in the debate and are going back and forth as well. And hopefully then the United Nations will say, hey, Argentina, you can have it back. And the UK honestly didn't even really care that much about the island. The only reason they cared is because the people living on it wanted to be British. If it weren't for that, the British, the UK would be like, yeah, fine, fucking have it, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's so far away. We're kind of like (laughs) that. We're broke now. So, yeah, exactly. Um, that led to nothing up until basically 
1982. And in 82, they had a military dictatorship led by Leopoldo Galtieri. And he was very unpopular. The economy was terrible. Uh, they had a lot of strife. And so he's like, well, everybody agrees on this one thing. The Falkland Islands should be Argentinian. So let's take the Falkland Islands back. And that kind of led to the invasion on April 2nd of 1982. Yeah. When you're unpopular, there's the, like, hey, start a war. <laughs> it works every time. Yep. Works every time. Yeah. This junta, they call them junta, military junta, mm -hmm. um, had come into power from a coup d'etat earlier. And even though he was like this brutal dictator and the economy sucked, the, the U.S. government liked him because he wasn't communist. You know, back then it's like, well, you're a brutal dictator, but you're not communist. So you're good with us. That was <laughs> as long as you're not communist. for the U.S., yeah. <laughs> as long as you're not communist, you're good. <laughs> and so uh, they, the first landing by the Argentinians on the island, like I said, was on April 2nd. Uh, about a thousand soldiers landed and they quickly took the island. Uh, Port Stanley is the capital of the island. There was a small garrison of Royal Marines on the island, about 69 Marines. So not a whole lot of opposition, right? Yeah, I don't think they were prepared really for an invasion at all. Uh, definitely not. I think they were basically just figuring things would keep going like they had been going with Argentinians complaining. But then, you know, nothing happens. Back in England, of course, they also had high unemployment. They were in a recession and Margaret Thatcher was very unpopular at the time. And as we just said... A war helps your popularity if you're the leader of a country. You're unpopular. Your people kind of broke. Start a war. We do it all the time here in the U.S. Works for the U.S. Exactly. So this kind of gave them something to fight about. Um, they were actually quite worried about going to war with Argentina. One, it was pretty damn far away for a small set of islands. The Suez Canal failure was still relatively recent. I think that was in the late 60s where they lost the Suez Canal. Uh, and uh, the military had been downsized quite a bit because of the recession uh, across the board with cuts to ships, cut to uh, equipment. And what military they did have really had kind of trained for a mainland Europe type war, right? Russia was the enemy back then. So they hadn't really planned on... Uh, fight on an island in the Atlantic. Yeah, like a long distance marine warfare kind of thing. So they uh, basically decide to go to war. Thatcher's all like gung-ho about it. The Iron Lady. <laughs> the Iron Lady, exactly. That's what they <laughs> call her. Sir Henry Leach had kind of a nice moment where Thatcher asks him like, hey, can we do it? And he's like, yes, not only can we do it, we should do it. Oh, wait, I should try to do that with a better British accent. Not <laughs> only can we do it, we should do it. <laughs> yeah. Henry Leach impersonation. <laughs> so they send a task force to the Falklands consisting of a couple aircraft carriers uh, that had a total of 34 planes on it. And um, they had a few, a bunch of other ships. I think they want to say there were like 127 ships total. Yeah, something like that. It was like a big... It was so, good sized. Yeah, this this was a. I mean, it was a short war, but it was a war. Like they they were fighting. They had ships and aircraft carriers, and they had this new this new plane called the the U.S. provided them with the Harrier planes, the ones that can kind of take off and land without having like a big runway. 
which was real benefit because when it came to number of planes, Argentina was right there. So they had, I think, a hundred planes to the British force of 30, what did I just say? It was 37 or something like that. Yeah. And the the planes on the Argentinian side were kind of legit. Like their ships were a little outdated, but they had some modern French made ships and they had that French made missile that like took, took the down ships. Stuff. Yeah. So their, their air force wasn't, wasn't like their air force wasn't a punk. And in fact, the, the, the British hated that missile so much because it actually sunk a number of their ships in that task force that they went to France and said, Hey, you need to stop supplying these missiles to Argentina. And they were French was like, but it's, it's so good because they give us, they pay their bills on time. (laughs) They were like, and they sold them for like $450,000, but like the Argentinians were paying like a million a pop for these missiles. Right. But finally the French kind of caved in and, and, and also there was a fund. The UK had a fund to actually go buy all the missiles so they couldn't they actually bought, bought all the remaining missiles yeah so the missile was called the exocytus exorcist something like that yeah exorcist so a funky sounded name but it was basically a ship killer and it worked the first ship that they sank was the hms sheffield 20 people were killed on the ship and 26 were wounded by that one but the british also had got them first so that was on the 4th of may on the 1st of May, a British submarine called the Conqueror sank an Argentinian ship mm-hmm. that was going to meet the British force. And it actually caused most of the Argentinian ships to turn around and go back, actually. So uh, on that end, they did all right. Yeah. And it was kind of controversial because it was outside the zone. They said, hey, if you go into this zone, then we'll fire on you. And it was kind of outside that zone. But the British were like, well, you're close enough. Yeah. (laughs) What we meant by that zone, we meant kind of like loosely around (laughs) here. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So they had a 200-mile zone around the islands that said, if you go within this, fair game. The ships weren't in the zone, and the submarine was worried that if they got too close, they'd be in shallow water. So the submarine wouldn't be able to actually follow them anymore. And apparently Margaret Thatcher was even included in that conversation to make that decision to fire on them from outside the zone. Yeah. Iron Lady's not going to, she's going to be like, ah, let bloody do it. We should do it. You don't fuck with the Iron Lady. <laughs> oh, that's German sounding. Uh, <laughs> okay. My, my Iron, Iron Lady. Irish or Irish German. <laughs> Irish German thing. <laughs> so anyway, so they go back and forth fighting over water and the air quite a bit. Uh, and it's the 21st of May that the British forces actually land on the island so quite a bit later than the initial invasion because, you know, it's a long distance and they have to build up for it. Well, and they were, wanted to originally land by helicopter, but their helicopter carrier got like hit by probably one of those French missiles and they couldn't have their helicopter force. So they had to land the old fashioned way. And if you've ever like if you look at pictures of the Falkland Islands, it doesn't look fun to land on. Yeah, it's very rocky, very (laughs) kind of hilly, mountainy, and they landed and were expecting to get ferried via the helicopters, but the ship that it was on, yeah, was was Mm -hmm. sank. And so they had to basically march 50 miles across the island to get to the capital, and this is marching, fighting the whole way, and 
the Argentinians were dug in really well. They had the higher ground. They had a lot of rock cover. And so the British actually had to continually fight against that. Yeah. And they were outnumbered too, right? Quite a bit. By quite a bit. But the, the, the main difference was uh, most of the Argentinian ground forces were conscripts. So they'd fight, but they're not professional, like they're conscripts, right? Whereas like the British, they're like SAS and Royal Marines and like these badasses, they're professional soldiers. This is just what they do. So even though they were like largely outnumbered, if you have a professional force that just does this, it's far more, it's proves far more effective, right? Yeah. And that's what happened here is the superiority of the military training in the British force against a bunch of Argentinians that didn't really want to be there for the most part. And it worked out and they did change their tactics throughout the, the fight a little bit. The British did. I think they started fighting during the day on one of the battles and then they realized, okay, they have more of an advantage to fight at night. And then some of the battles went on like an entire day, like they would start at, at, at night, fight through the night into the day. So it did take them a long time mm-hmm. to work their way across the island towards the capital. Yeah, it's hard fighting. So when we say Falklands War, even though it was short and kind of relatively small compared to most wars, I mean, it's a war, dude. It's a lot of hard fighting on that, on that shitty island. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's There's not much for trees or anything like that. It's basically just rock and flat. So there's not a lot of cover for people to get underneath as well as they're fighting. And they did have air cover and that did help them at points, but the Argentinians also had air cover. One mm-hmm. of the things that they never were fully able to gain was air superiority in the battles. Yeah, the Argent- yeah that's right. Uh, which does make a difference. So as the, basically the fighting goes on, you know, there were a bunch of little battles and stuff like that, but at some point in time, one of the British, uh, the guy in charge on the British side basically sent a letter to the Argentinian side and basically said, Hey, surrender, or we're going to keep bombing the shit out of you and and attacking you. And -hmm. it was more or less a bluff because again, the Argentinians well outnumbered the British, Mm -hmm. but the Argentinians fell for it and basically... Uh, pulled off the mountain back into the city and uh, kind of worked their way from there. On that day, 900 Argentinians surrendered. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all the while, at least where we're from, Ronald Reagan was president. And he even said, this is kind of hard for us because they're both our friends. We've got the Iron Lady over there who's like British female Reagan pretty much, right? And then we like the Argentinians because they're not communist, even though they're kind of brutal dictators. But ultimately, I think the U.S. kind of backed the United Kingdom because we that's where we, we send them the Harriers and those Sidewinder missiles that they were using and all that kind of stuff. And they've been like a long lasting ally for quite a number of years. Yeah. But- um, so we didn't U.S. didn't remain neutral, but they try to do like diplomacy, but. Margaret Thatcher wasn't having none of it. She's like, go ahead and come meet me. But you, you know how I feel about this. Mm-hmm. And the whole war was really, I mean, there's no, it's not like particularly strategic or anything. Like it's a bunch of sheep farmers drinking ale and that's it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's nothing there. It's not a strategic it's location. It's not even particularly strategic means. militarily. That's why they have small garrison there. It's just the, this shitty islands in the middle of nowhere. But I think the whole point of it was, uh, Argentina's like, yeah, we're sovereign and we can kick ass even though our economy sucks and things are, aren't going well. And the UK's like, yeah, we're sovereign and 
we kick ass, even though our economy's not going well. And, and so it was really a battle for the hearts and minds of their own people. Yeah. And it worked because Margaret Thatcher and her conservative government, even though they were unpopular, got reelected. And that military dictatorship eventually fell and they democratized the country. So that war, even though it was a war over some shitty islands with some goat herding ale drinkers, had a big impact on the world that you might not think about. Yeah, it really boosted, I think, British morale and the fact that it helped overthrow a, a dictator in a country that is now a democracy mm-hmm. kind of props to that. Although if you bring the subject up in Argentina, they're still pissed about it. Yeah, I guess they probably pretty butthurt. And I, I guess if you look at it, it looks like it probably should be part of their thing because it's right on their like off their coast and stuff. But here's the thing. If it's full of British descendants and they don't want to be Argentinians, then leave them alone. Let them be who they want to be. Right. I agree. Ooh. I mean, the people that live on the island are Brit- are British. They want to stay British. So Yeah. So fuck off. <laughs> leave us alone. Exactly. It'd be like uh, Mexico being like, you know what? We've we decided we want Texas back. It was ours. You took it from us, but we want it back. So there. Right. Well, I guess so. Kind of like that. Maybe more like Mexico says, like the little island off of Ecuador or something is ours, even though they're Equatorians and they don't. <laughs> the, the point is, like, they, they don't okay. want to be Argentinians. So leave them alone. Exactly. Yeah, that's but, the point. Yeah. And another thing that I thought was interesting because of the current times, I think this was the first use of those kind of shoulder mounted anti uh anti-aircraft missile launchers. I think this war was the first use of those kind of weapons. And it, I, I was interested in that because in the Ukraine, they're using those to like shoot down Russian aircraft, right? So I think the Falklands War was the first use of that kind of weapon. So I found that pretty interesting. But we're sending those over to the Ukraine and they're, they're having a lot of success with those things. Yeah, they are over there. The thing with that too is, I mean, that's, if this was the first major use of it in the early eighties, and this is 40 years on, obviously, I mean, the systems have of course been upgraded in bits, oh, sure. but it's still basically the same thing. They're still fighting wars with it, which is kind of a great piece of technology. I know it was heavily used by Afghans against the Russians in Afghanistan as well in the 80s and stuff. So that's right. Yeah. A small, sometimes small weapons can have a huge impact against a larger force, which like in this case, the Argentinians had the larger force, but not as well trained and they, you know, not as motivated, I guess. And conscripts aren't right. I mean, if you conscript people and they were just kind of doing their jobs and then they're like, well, you got to go be a soldier. Here's three weeks of training. Here's your equipment. You're a soldier now. They, they're not as effective as someone who makes it a career, right? Like professional soldiers who do that for a living and, and that's what they do and they volunteered to do it and they made a living doing it. Yeah. You know, let's see statistics wise, 252 British soldiers died. 649 Argentinian soldiers died. And I think it was either three or four Islanders. I didn't make a note of it, but it wasn't very much during the war. So, um, yeah, that's, that's the Falklands war. 
Yeah. And it was kind of the biggest thing that Britain had been done, done since World War II. Yeah, in a long time. So it's really helped the help Thatcher. And uh, uh, the Top Gear, if, if you watch Top Gear, they did an episode where the Top Gear guys go down to Argentina and do a road trip through Argentina. And completely unintentionally, the license plate of one of the guys had, I think, 1982 on it or something like that. So <laughs> referencing the and they get down there and outside the hotel, they, there's actually a group of Argentinians, like basically acting like they're getting all riled up, like they're going to come break in and attack them and stuff like that. And so they actually weren't able to finish the full episode, what they were going to do. They actually left, got in a plane and like flew out of the country because uh, they were worried about their safety. They might've exaggerated a little bit, but probably for TV, but yeah, you could still. So, so they did that because of the license plate said 1982. Yep. Yeah. The license plate on one of the cars. So, cause they brought the cars over and drove them down towards no the wonder bottom. They get so crazy, batshit crazy about soccer, man. Things got to set them off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I went to Argentina. I've been, I got, um, scarlet fever when I was there and, uh, came back super sick and it rained pretty much the whole time because mm. we went in their winter. And it was cold and wet, but it was also very lovely. I mean, the food was delicious. It's, there's a lot of history there. Uh, it was it was kind of a cool place. I would absolutely go again, but not during their winter. Yeah, maybe make it more like a spring summer kind of thing. Yeah, that's the time to go. Spring or fall, like probably one of those mid seasons. Yeah. Well, 80s and 90s Uncensored listeners, we've gone on for the appropriate amount of time. That's the Falklands War. It's a fascinating piece of history. If you uh, don't didn't know much about it before, you do now because we're an educational podcast. So. Yeah, we are. <laughs> we're not just Look, we actually informed you about history this time, man. I know. We, we did some like, research like, and shit. Breakfast cereals and bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we actually do real stuff, man. <laughs> Quite informative of us. I know. Yep. We were legit today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, you can always find us on Twitter at the 80s and 90s com, the web at the 80s and 90s dot com. And we are out of here like the Argentinian military after it gets an ass whooping by the British. Whoops. Whoops. Well, I just think it's interesting. They fought this big war like i was even looking at pictures and it's really this shitty it's not when you think of the <laughs> island island you think of like palm trees and nice beaches and sand this isn't it because it's so it's far south it's like this deserty kind of shithole and it's got like just a bunch of like british descendants uh and 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 it's a lot of drinking like a lot of the pictures are them in like pubs drinking because that's probably they herd their sheep and then they go drink a lot because there's nothing to do. <laughs> Moved so my sheep from that field was, to that field and now I'm going to drink. <laughs> so you know that that war was fought over like like more like ideological hearts oh, and minds totally. kind of deal. Like, <laughs> I don't think either of them gave a shit about that island. <laughs> like <laughs> That's a war of pride. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs>